Hey listeners, this is Boss. I just wanted to take a moment to let you know we had some recording issues with this episode, so somewhere around the halfway mark of the episode, you're going to hear a lot of background noise, and uh, it goes away after a few minutes, but I just wanted to give you guys a heads up on that. Uh, We've purchased a new recorder, so that shouldn't be an issue going forward, uh, at least in a couple weeks. Thanks for bearing with us, and uh, enjoy. Sometimes back when phones were on landlines, you would get a kind of fluttery noise. Sometimes when you were talking to people, like a a bat was on the other side of the phone, (laughs) flapping about. Is that what it's like? Sort of, yeah. It's very... You said it's fluttery. It's very Draculaic. Yeah. I consider bats to be fluttery. Yeah. They don't really... They do a lot of flapping. I don't consider birds to be fluttery in the way that I do bats. Okay, that's. I think that's fair. Because they come out at different times of the day. <laughs> Have you ever been to Dallas before? No, I've been to Texas, but they we didn't go to Dallas because um, it's too busy, <laughs> is what I was told. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Let's, and we went to Austin instead. I went to Dallas once. Yeah. And it was just because we were flying to L.A. and we had to stop at the Dallas-Fort Worth Airport. So you've been to the Dallas-Fort Worth Airport. Right, which is in or around Dallas, but I haven't actually really explored the city proper. I just know that, like most airports, there's $7 tacos at the Taco Bell. That's too much. (laughs) It's It's definitely a racket. All of the food at airports... Is a racket. So, that's not Dallas-specific. No, not really. No, I don't really... Oh, that's where they killed JFK. Uh, yeah. And if it happened to him, it could happen to you. Yeah. So, I'm going to stay out of Dallas, I think. <laughs> Here's another question. Yes? Have you uh, ever played football? I did. Yeah? Yeah, I played football in third grade okay something like that i played football in like maybe like second and third grade where we tackled each other which seemed pretty extreme <laughs> but uh it was fine i didn't get to i didn't play very much because i wasn't good i would right. usually be on the sidelines and uh i would hop about in the puddles of mud that were created and smear myself so it looked like i'd played a hard game and then my <laughs> mom would be like i'm gonna have to wash you off before i let you in the car <laughs> Um, and then I played in... Did she bring her own bucket of water with her? One time she just, there was a puddle in the parking lot that she cleaned me out. <laughs> oh, she just used the puddle water to she was, slop me down in the parking lot. She was just like, this puddle water is definitely cleaner than my son right now. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I played in 7th and 8th grade and I really hated it. I feel like I've talked about it before on the show. Because my uh, dad was the coach. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that wasn't fun. And also, it was practice was during um, 
Toonami when it used to be back on in the day. <laughs> so I was really mad about not being able to watch Dragon Ball Z and like Gundam Wing instead of uh, getting picked on by everyone else in my class. <laughs> <laughs> That's understandable. Uh, I was on my high school freshman football team. Um, it was an interesting experience because I never had any interest in football at all. My parents just said when I was going into high school that I had to pick some sort of physical activity to be a part of at school. And I thought that football wouldn't be as much running as basketball would be. That's maybe true. Unless Uh, you're, I don't know, I think they probably have about equal amounts. Well, it depends because in basketball, no matter what position you're playing, you're probably going to be doing a bunch of running. Whereas in football, if you're on the offensive or defensive line, you're really just busting forth. And I mean, you might run, but you're You're probably probably not not on most downs. You're not like the, you weren't going to be like the quarterback or the, the, the runsman. The runsman. Yeah. The run. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He's the guy with the runs. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They don't let him play. <laughs> it's me. Um, oh, but right. <laughs> uh, as first off, I didn't know the rules of football when I started playing. Yeah, I didn't either. Uh, which there was never really an explanation of them. It seemed like they just expected you to know. Yeah, especially when you're in high school, they kind of figure that you've probably been playing football for years. That's fair. And, they or didn't. at least have like watched it on TV before. <laughs> I don't remember them explaining it very well in third grade. Mostly, I remember being made to run up and down a hill. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I did go to a whole lot of practice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I never played a down, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I played um, occasionally, pretty sporadically, uh, maybe like once a game, which was fine by me. I mostly just resented having to sit there and wait and kind of just waste a whole day off school because the games <laughs> were on Sunday. The good thing is that as soon as my mom agreed to let me quit, I did. Awesome. <laughs> um, but I guess really the unfortunate part of that is I didn't get to have the full high school football team experience like we see in the film Debbie Does Dallas. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the Raincoat Report. This is Boss here with Jeremy. And yeah, we're you, uh, we're you, talking Debbie Does Dallas. We're talking football. <laughs> We're talking runsmans, we're talking points, we're talking uh, deep defense, we're talking politics, politics ball, you know, we're talking yeah. the politics of the team, team owners, uh, NFL, the kneeling, yeah, and all that, and also I guess we're talking about Debbie Does Dallas. Yeah, also Debbie Does Dallas, uh, although I'll go ahead and say she doesn't really do a whole lot. Well, we'll save that. Let's save that for the review. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, today we are talking about what is one of the most recognizable adult films that probably the most recognizable one that we haven't covered yet, for sure. Yeah. Uh, which is Debbie Does Dallas, as we've said like four times now. Yeah, you don't have to say it again. But uh, it's well known for uh the use of dallas cowboy trademarks that Mm -hmm. got it in legal trouble yep it also had some legal issues regarding obscenity and copyright but for some reason this is also just like one of the most well-known pornos ever yeah i don't know if it's just 
what was easily available once VCR started coming out. Cause I read up a little bit and it's like the most rented adult film of, I yeah. guess at the point. So it's a big one, but I don't feel like it's as much like some of the other big ones we've covered in a way. But we'll, like I said, we'll get into some yeah, of that we'll in the review, that. but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a big one as they say. Yeah, uh, and we've got some names here that we're familiar with, and many that we aren't too much. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the girls were just kind of people out of nowhere, and yeah. some of the guys were some more established people. Yeah, so uh, most notably amongst the uh, male cast members, we have Eric Edwards, mm-hmm. we've got... Uh, Arbola, Robert Kerman. Yes. Although although he is credited as R. Bala or Richard Bala in this. Uh-huh. Uh, we also have Herschel Savage as the uh, plucky football player. Yeah, is he the captain, maybe? Uh, he seems like it. He's at least the most focused on football player. Yeah, he's got a mustache, so I think that means he's probably the captain. Yeah, I think you're only allowed to have a mustache on the football team if you're the captain. Yeah, I don't. I had a mustache in eighth grade, but I was not the captain of the football team. Yeah, I also had a mustache and was not the captain, so I guess maybe our theory has been proven wrong already. Okay, well, let's just press forward. Who else we got? Oh, uh, another male cast member was Jake Teague. Oh, yes. Old Jake Teague. He was in one or more things that we've watched. Uh, He was in Cannibal Ferox. Oh, that's cool. Which was not one of the ones that uh, we watched. He was in A Woman's Torment as Dr. Otis. All right. We could um, we can cover the cannibal one, I guess. <laughs> he was also in Eaten Alive. So, yeah, he's uh, <laughs> he's in some uh, exploitation films that don't quite fit the raincoat report. Maybe on Patreon we'll talk about him. Yeah, but uh, he got around. All around exploitation icon, Jake Teague. Yeah. Uh, amongst the women, we have several names that we haven't really seen much of. Uh, the key female cast member being Bambi Woods, who plays Debbie. She is also in Debbie Does Dallas Part 2 and Debbie Does Dallas 3, the final chapter. Okay. Which was not the final chapter of the Debbie Does Dallas uh, uh, filmography, but, well, you it, know. It never really is. It's kind of like the... Um friday the 13th the final chapter yeah it's like uh they had like a star wars type plans but then it did so well they just kept doing them <laughs> also amongst the female cast members we have uh, robin bird as mrs hardwick christy ford as roberta um arcadia lake i believe we've seen her in one or more things along the way yeah um, Debbie Lewis, uh, Merle Michaels, Ricky O'Neill, Jenny Cole. So a lot of names that didn't immediately pop out to me. Um, but some gorgeous women, so yeah. you know, no complaints. Yeah, just, no complaints. Uh, just not, not a ton of name value amongst the women. Yeah, which is another thing that kind of makes it interesting about it being one of the the bigger ones. It doesn't really feature like somewhat i don't know i guess deep throat had uh linda lovelace yeah and she was only really in that and maybe some like loops and stuff before she kind of got out but i don't know maybe there's something about it people just like a breakout star 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think they advertised this on the her being a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader at one point, but she went to camp and got cut like right. in one of the first rounds. Right. <laughs> so it's kind of hard to give her credit for actually being a Dallas Cowgirl, but, you know, she, at least it's something. You yeah, know? it's something. They also, um, this one's in the public domain. Yes. Yeah. So That's, you can just uh, do anything you want with it. Yeah. Now, this is one that hasn't gotten a very great release. Uh, unfortunately, and I wonder if it's because it's in the public domain that nobody wants to spend the time and effort to do it. That might be it, but uh, Night of the Living Dead's in the public domain, and Criterion did like a nice one of that a couple years ago. So It did, but to be fair, Criterion had also been putting out Blu-rays for like 10 years before they finally got around to it. That's true. So it, it wasn't on it's their... the uh, high on the priority list, I guess. Right. Uh, Vinegar Syndrome put out Debbie Does Dallas Part 2, mm-hmm. and Joe Rubin on the message boards at Blu-ray.com uh, made some sort of comment about not being able to release the first one, and I wonder if it's just they couldn't find good film elements for it or what. That's a possibility. Because it doesn't seem like it would be a legal issue. Right. Since it's in the public domain, but I don't know. Yeah, maybe there's just no good, no good prints existing still. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, so that's Debbie Does Dallas, and uh, this week is the Raincoat Report Does Debbie Does Dallas. The Dallas Cowboys bought all the prints and buried them under the uh, freeway. They buried them under the Atari 2600 ET cartridges in that landfill. Yeah, they're all beneath that. (laughs) It's just a treasure trove of lost cultural artifacts all the way down each layer revealing some new uh some new gym unearthed <laughs> for uh the first time in decades so uh listeners grab your you're, shovel grab your shovel go to your nearest landfill and start digging yeah there's treasures down there <laughs> <laughs> you just have to dig deep enough to find them yeah and then um send them to boss yes so We'll take a quick break, give you guys some time to uh, go find your shovels, and then we'll be back to talk more about Debbie Does Dallas. All right. Margarita Monday has come on Saturday. Great. Great. <laughs> All right. We are back on the Raincoat Report talking about Debbie Does Dallas. So the film opens and we see the cheerleaders dancing around and the football teams running on the field. And uh, this goes on for a little bit, but we get kind of introduced to the concerns of the girls here, which are kind of hard to make out from the sound quality of the version of this that I had. Yeah. But essentially, Debbie, 
wants to go to Dallas to try out to be a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader. Although I think she says it's like the Texas Cowboys or something like. Yeah, it was something. Uh, slightly the, off. Something that wasn't legally actionable, right? Uh, or at least not too too much more than it already was, right? So uh, the girls have to raise money in the next two weeks to make that happen because Debbie's parents said that they aren't going to pay for it, but the other girls want to go along with Debbie and support her as she does her tryout. The girls make their way to the locker room and uh, get undressed, and we, of course, get a bunch of close-ups of their naked bodies and stuff as they're undressing. Great scene. Great locker room scene. (laughs) They're they're talking about getting jobs and forming a company. They say that they can advertise all the services they can and can't do. They say something about waiting until the weekend to tell the guys about what they're doing. But uh, we see the girls go out and try to hustle for some money. So Tammy gets a job at a bookstore. Uh, Debbie gets a job at Mr. Greenfield's sporting goods store. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Greenfield being played by Arbola here. Right. Um, as he's talking to her and she's trying to get her job, he's fantasizing about her naked as he's talking to her. Roberta sees Mr. Hardwick, and she explains that she's looking for work, uh, Mr. Hardwick being Eric Edwards. Uh He offers her a job at the candle shop that he and his wife run. She asks how she can ever repay him, and he says that they'll think of something. We then see the girls sitting in a circle on the football field. Lisa talks about how she doesn't wear panties and uh, goes on to say that they should be able to walk around naked. It's here that we get introduced to Tim, played by Herschel Savage, the oh, okay. uh, football player, potentially the captain based on his mustache. Okay, yeah, jury's still out. The jury's still out, but I still think he might be the captain, and his mustache may be there to emphasize that even if it's not necessarily in and of itself proof that he is the captain. Yeah. I think it can be a purely symbolic mustache, a ceremonial <laughs> mustache. <laughs> but uh, Tim and the rest of the football players are talking about how their girlfriends and the other girls are off doing jobs and stuff and not spending time with them. We then see the girls in the locker room getting dressed and chatting. A couple of them are showering. Um, It's Roberta and Pat in the shower. And the other girls leave the locker room, but three of the guys, including Tim, come naked into the shower and join them. Hey, these aren't (laughs) co-ed. We see them roughhousing around a little bit, and then, uh, I believe it's Roberta, starts blowing one of the guys. In this scene, we don't get to see a lot of the guys' faces, so it's hard to uh, figure out who's doing what here. But uh, One of them, I think, in the credits, I think on IMDb, is just listed as other guy in the shower. <laughs> so, yeah, you don't really get to see their heads, but they're, they're fucking away here. Yeah, Roberta starts by blowing one of the guys, and she's giving it some real good attention. It goes on for a while. and Yeah, does she have, like, longer dark hair? Um. I... Like, since I don't really know any of these women, they all sort of have a similar, like, 
Well, Roberta and Pat are both redheads. Okay, well, so this it's is, even it's, harder to kind of okay. track them down. And I, I think that I got them right in my notes, but I'm still not a hundred percent. That'll happen sometimes. Um, in this scene, they're really going to town on that cold tile floor. Yeah, they are that gross tile floor. <laughs> yeah, I uh, just think about getting that long beautiful hair down on that gross tile floor and it uh <laughs> it doesn't please me no no uh we see roberta on top of the guy and he's fucking her from below on that tile floor <laughs> uh there's just a long shot of penetration with no facial reactions here then we cut to some doggy sex and the guy pulls out and comes on her ass then we see the other girl who i believe is pat being mounted missionary on the ground of the shower. He fucks her a bit missionary, whoever the guy is, and then we see some doggy and he pulls out and comes on her ass. Then we see her giving some oral to a guy while another guy comes up behind her and starts to touch her and then uh, starts to fuck her as she lays sideways on the ground and continues to blow the other guy. Eventually this guy pulls out and comes on her leg and she continues to blow the remaining guy who does appear to be Tim Herschel Savage here. And yeah, he I thought it, I saw his mustache through the uh through the streams right? of steamy water. He eventually pulls out and comes on her face and she rubs his cock against her face and smears around the cum and licks it for quite a while. Yeah, there's some real good uh blowjob stuff in this. Yeah. There's also a crew member's foot. <laughs> I didn't catch that. Yeah. That's actually It just kind of steps in at the top of the frame, and I think they see it like and step back real quick. <laughs> um, this scene deserves an Oscar for editing, or maybe a Razzie. I can't decide. <laughs> one of those. Yeah, one of the two. It's, a, it's not a super well put together film in a lot of ways right. either, which is another thing where its popularity kind of baffles me. Yes. But... Uh, We'll get to that later. Yeah. Sorry. I just have some thoughts on it that yeah. I would like to express, and I'm over I, here shaking and vibrating with opinions. <laughs> I think that I have similar thoughts, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, but, like, this scene's not bad. That It goes, I feel like, through a couple different musical moods. Yeah. At one point, it sounds like a music from, like, a sonic level. Okay, yeah. Um, and then that fades away to psych psychedelic guitars, uh with a uh kind of some like elevator music kind of like humming and buzzing along behind it right it's a it's a real odyssey it sure is it's a, a jazz odyssey <laughs> spinal tap would put it we cut back to the sporting goods store where we see mr greenfield fantasizing about debbie while the other girls are doing their jobs in other locations and getting leered at by the people they're working with as well. We see Debbie and Mr. Greenfield talking, and she mentions that she needs more money. He suggests that she can make money doing favors. So, she asks what kind of favors. He suggests, well... He could give her $10 to see her tits. She's offended at first, but she finally agrees. She says he can only look, and uh, she lifts her top, 
And then he goes to grab them, and she yells at him. He then offers her another $10 to be able to touch them. She's hesitant at first, but she finally agrees and allows him. So uh, he then grabs them, but then he goes in to start sucking on them, and she stops him again. He apologizes and then offers her another $10 to suck on him. (laughs) This goes back and forth, and finally she asks instead for $20 more. And he agrees, so then he leans in and starts to really lick on him. But after a few moments, she tells him that's too much, and if he doesn't stop, she'll tell her mom. So he stops. <laughs> yeah, um, they're all in high school. I don't think we've ever addressed that. Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, I think later on, one of the girls is mentioned to have been 16. Yeah, so they are all in high school. It's not They're not in college. Right. So um, this is one of those. It's like high school fantasies. We cut back to the locker room and the girls all seem to be being leered at and sexually harassed as they're discussing with each other. They're bummed out because they're not making a whole lot of money, but Debbie shows up and seems to be in a great mood. The girls say they're not making nearly enough, but then Debbie throws down her wad and everybody's surprised. Yeah. They ask how she made that much and she... Pulls out her tits and explains what happened. Yeah, she's one of um, the first girl bosses. Yeah, she is. Yeah. <laughs> she's a real innovator. Yeah. <laughs> they talk a bit and the girls hash out that they can make money this way, despite being hesitant at first. It's brought up that they're all virgins, uh, but then it's pointed out that not all of them are. They talk about setting ground rules when doing this kind of stuff to make sure that things don't go too far. They decide that they all have skills that guys will like. Annie is asked how she keeps her boyfriend happy despite being a virgin, and she asks them to bring her a banana. Oh, um, I want to make a a high school porn film, but we're going to call it Fast Times at Raincoat High. I like it. Thanks. It's going to be great. Roberta's at the candle store, and she gets a call from her boyfriend. This excites her, and as she's talking to her boyfriend, she starts to touch her breasts a bit. She then hangs up and undresses and starts to masturbate a bit. After a moment, she grabs a candle nearby and starts to fuck herself with it. Yes. Um, That's not what they're for. They're to light a home... (laughs) Or a castle, or your way through a dark and misty wood. Right. They're not for this. As she's going at it, we hear, well, well, what have we got here? It's Mrs. Hardwick who's shown up. Roberta is embarrassed, but Mrs. Hardwick says, it's okay, and tells her to sit on the couch. Mrs. Hardwick starts to touch and caress her. She says she likes it when Mr. Hardwick, and then she stopped. Mr. Hardwick has shown up. Mr. Hardwick what? He sits down on the couch next to them. Roberta said she didn't think that this sort of thing was what he meant when he said that she could make extra money. He then pulls his cock out and undresses as Mrs. Hardwick plays with Roberta's vagina. Mr. Hardwick strokes and asks if Roberta is wet. Mrs. Hardwick says she's ready. And uh, Mr. Hardwick starts to fuck Roberta. Yeah. As uh, Mrs. Hardwick watches on and plays with herself. 
Why does this candle shop have a have a couch? Uh, that's a really good question. And why is this candle shop actually just a basement with a sectional pretending to be a candle shop? <laughs> Mr. Hardwick holds up Roberta's legs and rails her. He fucks her sideways on the couch while Mrs. Hardwick plays with Roberta's clit. Um, eventually, Mr. Hardwick pulls out and Mrs. Hardwick comes in to lick and suck his cock as he's come. We then see two of the girls, Ricky and Annie, knocking on a door. They're apparently supposed to wash somebody's car. They don't get an answer at the door, so they decide to go ahead and start washing the car. Ricky and Annie hose and splash each other. And it's at that point that the owner of the home, Mr. Bradley, shows up. He asks why they're washing the car in the rain. <laughs> uh, he tells them to go in and dry off. Yeah, it looks like they're having like a daytime flashlight fight when they first show up. Right. Like they have little flashlights they're shining around, even though it's daytime. Right. I don't know why. One of the enduring mysteries is pornography. The girls ask Mr. Bradley if they can do anything else for him, and he says what he has in mind they wouldn't really be interested in, but they assure him they're into a lot more than washing cars now. He's hesitant and asks how he knows that they won't tell on him. He finally asks them, though, how much he'd have to pay for them to undress. They say $10. So uh, he agrees and he watches them undress and seems pleased. They start to step away afterwards and he suggests he'd pay them $25 if he could kiss all over them. They say okay. So they sit down on his couch, and he gets down and starts to lick and suck on Annie's tits, and then moves over to Ricky's. He then kisses his way down Annie's body and starts to lick her clit, then moves over to Ricky to do the same. He goes back to Annie, and Ricky starts to undo his belt. We cut to Ricky blowing him as he plays with her tits. He says, I don't care what it costs, as Annie gets down and joins in on the blowjob. He then starts to fuck Annie Doggy in the ass oh. as he makes out with Ricky. Annie moans, fuck me in the ass, repeatedly as he goes to town. He pulls out and Ricky strokes him to finish on Annie's ass and smears the cum on her face. Then we hear him say, oh my god, I think I hear my wife coming. So yes. the girls run upstairs with their clothes. I don't think they got paid. I think this was a clever <laughs> ploy by him to uh, get them out of the house real quick without having to pay. That makes sense. Yeah. I think um, the one who gets fucked in the ass was the one who was a virgin still. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, so now she's technically, by American like Christian standards, still a virgin. Right. <laughs> we cut to the school, and uh, Tim, Herschel Savage's character, is upset because Donna, his girlfriend, has to work and babysit tonight. He fusses at her and leaves. But Donna then walks into the library... And there, Mr. Biddle, uh, Jake Teague's character, uh -huh. is uh, the lead there. Uh, he is kind of creeping around on her and watching her. We watch her put her leg up on a table suggestively as she's filing some books away. He comes up behind her and says that he heard about her and her friend starting the company that they're doing and uh, asked how it's doing. He then asks her about what they've been doing to make money, but she says it wouldn't be appropriate to say here. 
Um, but he says that he has to go and ask if she can keep an eye on the place for a bit, and he leaves. Pretty much as soon as he leaves, we see Tim walk in, and he comes up behind Donna and starts to fondle her. She tells him to stop, but after some coercion, she finally suggests that she can show him what her friends taught her, so she gets down and starts to blow Tim. She's really working his balls with her hands as she's uh, taking the cock deep in her mouth and uh, into the back of her mouth and throat. She strokes him a bit as she's sucking on him and finally finishes him off on her face. She licks it up and plays with it a bit more for an extended period here. Mm -hmm. It's at that point that Mr. Biddle shows back up and yells at Tim, chasing him off. Then he yells at Donna and tells her to come with him to his office. Yes. She starts to cry and tell him not to tell her parents. He says that she knows the rules and asks why she would break them. She pleads with him again not to tell her parents, and he finally says that he won't, but he tells her she needs a good spanking, and he's the one to give it to her. I think this exceeds his authority as a school librarian. (laughs) I think so, too. But uh, he puts her over his knee and starts to spank her over her skirt. He then asks her again what kind of services she and her friends have been providing, and she says they'll do anything he'd like. He says anything. He tells her all he wants to do is lift up her skirt and pull down her panties and spank her bare bottom. He asks how much that'll cost, and she doesn't really give him an answer, but he reveals her ass and starts to give it some wax with his hands. Yeah. There's a, As this is going on, there's like a cutaway, edited-together montage of him spanking her ass several times in a row. Yeah, I think we use like some of the same footage, just kind of looped over and over. <laughs> uh, but it's fine. It's a pretty good spanking scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's maybe the most you usually get out of an older guy in a porno film. Yeah. Sometimes, I don't know, did Candy's dad fuck? I can't remember. I know a man wrapped up in bandages... <laughs> pretending to be him fucked i think but yeah i, don't know if I that's think that the might same. be it but we did have the guy in foxtrot oh yes yes not jake teague right but somebody it, who looks exactly the same though robert kerman's in that one though yeah 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 see there we go it all fits links. together yeah making little links we need a big board <laughs> over here where i can put it all together week by week Finally, we see Donna emerge from the library, and she runs right into Tim. He asks what happened, and she says it's okay and not to worry about it. We then see two guys on a tennis field, and they're talking about Lisa. It's Hamilton and Ashley. Hamilton's telling Ashley that they'll have a good time, but it's going to cost them. Lisa then shows up and gets flirtatious with them, and they leave. We then cut from there to a steam room with no steam. Yeah. (laughs) The guys are naked in there and they undress Lisa, who gets down and starts to blow Hamilton, who has a huge hog. Yeah, I don't understand why she wasn't already nude. Right? Um, Yeah, there's no steam in the steam room. No. It's just two dudes with their hogs out. Yeah. And their teenage uh, tennis girl. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what her job is. She fetches the balls. She's definitely doing some ball handling. Yeah. She's the ball girl. (laughs) 
Uh, Ashley, the other guy, starts to fuck her from behind as she's blowing Hamilton. Hamilton finishes on her face and she licks up the cum and licks his dick more. This, again, is kind of an extended scene after coming of her uh, handling and licking the cock, which is interesting. Yeah, they it's like a pattern it. in this film. Yeah, they like to uh, keep it going even after you nut. Yeah. Even if it makes you feel crazy, like you're going to go <laughs> insane. <laughs> we cut to Debbie and Mr. Greenfield in the store. He keeps trying to fondle her, and she tells him that she and her friends promised they wouldn't ruin themselves for their future husbands. Mr. Greenfield keeps pleading and finally offers to pay for the whole trip to Dallas for her and her friends. Uh, This seems to have changed Debbie's mind. So we cut from that to Lisa, who gets a call from Tammy at the bookstore. Um, We then see Tammy in the bookstore, and uh, apparently Tammy wasn't ready to lose her V-card to uh, this guy in the record, or the bookstore that also has records. Yeah, it's a combination. Uh, So she called Lisa in to help her. So Lisa shows up and offers her services, and uh, this guy here tells Tammy to lock up the store. And uh, Lisa goes in and starts to caress him, and uh, they start to undress. And Lisa starts to blow him a bit as Tammy comes back in and gets down, and uh, the both of them uh, join forces to blow him. Yes, they do. And uh, in the background, there's a giant poster for a blue oyster cult album oh yeah yeah (laughs) that's pretty cool it is pretty cool tammy is sucking his cock while lisa is sucking his balls this goes on a bit more with tammy sucking more and finally the guy comes on tammy's tits we then see debbie show up at the sporting goods store in her cowboy's outfit she hears mr greenfield over the speaker call her up to the upper level Mr. Greenfield comes out from behind a curtain in a football uniform. He explains when he was young, he always wanted to be captain of the football team, but he was too small. But uh, he also notes he wasn't small in one particular place. He also mentioned that he always wanted to be with the captain of the cheerleaders. Uh, We see him kiss her and he opens her top to reveal her tits. Then we see her blowing him. Uh, with his dick sticking out of his football pants. She then suggests that he pull his pants down, and he does. He then lays her back on a bench and pulls off her short shorts and starts to kiss and lick all over her body, fingering her clit a little bit before starting to go down on her. He picks her up and she mentions he's so strong. He notes, because I eat my Wheaties every day. We see them elsewhere in another room there, and he's now naked, and she's licking, sucking, and stroking his cock. She kisses and licks his legs a little bit as she's down there. He then lays her down and starts to fuck her. He licks and sucks on her tits while he's going to town. After a bit, they switch to doggy position. She says Mr. Greenfield a whole lot. Yes. Uh, We see him fucking her from below, and then she starts to ride him more so as things intensify. We get back to missionary position, and finally he pulls out, and she strokes him, uh, finishing him off on her. Yeah. 
We then get a card on the screen that says touchdown for Mr. Greenfield. <laughs> and then another one that says score one for Debbie. We then see Debbie laying back on the carpet with her eyes closed, relax. And then we get a card that says next dot dot dot. And then credits. Oh. I don't know what that meant. <laughs> I don't know. There's a missing reel. <laughs> uh, but that was Debbie Does Dallas. They were fucking on that wrestling mat. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're going to get uh, MRSA. Oh, yeah, they yeah. will. That used, I think that was like a thing when I was like in high school, maybe. Yeah. Is there like MRSA outbreaks be on wrestling mats? Um, the comic strip Rex Morgan MD had a whole like month-long storyline about some like college wrestler getting MRSA from a mat. <laughs> um, and I read it every day in study hall instead of studying. <laughs> <laughs> All so right. that's, that's Debbie Does Dallas. It is indeed. So let's go ahead and take a break, and then we'll be back to give our final thoughts on Debbie Does Dallas. We're back on the Raincoat Report uh, talking about Debbie Does Dallas. So, Jeremy, uh, what are your thoughts on Debbie Does Dallas? Well, I do it a lot, but I've got a little Simpsons reference that fits here. Okay. So there's an episode where uh, Bart gets a fake ID and teams up with a couple of the other kids and they sneak into an R-rated movie. Now, they go to see uh, Naked Lunch, which is a fun little David Cronenberg film. Right. But when they're leaving, Nelson Muntz states, I can think of at least two things wrong with that title. <laughs> and uh, so let me get those out of the way first. There's no Dallas. Debbie doesn't do very much. <laughs> so um, once you've lowered your expectations and realized that's going to happen, this film is still kind of just okay. Right. I was getting a little bit ahead of myself earlier when we were talking at the intro. Right. About this one being like a big hit on video. And it kind of feels, I mean, there's like other stuff from the same era that does the same thing. But in it's like very thin plot. And it's just sort of endless uh, scenes of sex encounters. I think it does sort of predict the video era just a little bit. Yeah. Where um, it's mostly just more based on stroking instead of, uh, I don't know, a good film-going word that rhymes with stroking. So let's just move on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, uh, the girls are attractive. That's certainly not a problem. You've got yeah. some good male talent. I just feel like there wasn't a whole lot of care put into this film overall. Right. Uh, it's kind of a cheapy, and that's fine. Like, we've covered that sort of stuff before, and it has its place. But it's just a little baffling to me how this became such a hit when there right. were other uh, 
better options available. And I think its popularity on video uh, might get to a little bit of what I had said that might explain it just a little bit because that's what was becoming popular at the time. Uh, VCRs became affordable and et cetera, et cetera. Right. Uh, the music never quite seems to fit what's going on in the film. Right. It, uh, it does a whole lot. I feel like all the characters are pretty thin. The plot's kind of non-existent. They need to raise money to get for all of them to go to Dallas, for her to go to cheerleading camp. Right. Now, if they'd ended up in Dallas about halfway through the film, or even three quarters through the film, I would feel like I would be a little more generous. I mean, even if like it was just like one sex scene at the end of the film was in Dallas, it even would if be she something. Got, even if she got on a fucking bus at the end. <laughs> You know, I would, I would take it. Uh, I don't know. This one just kind of let me down. Some of the sex is pretty good, but overall I do feel like it was done pretty cheaply, not with a lot of care. It's not exceptionally charming either. Yeah. Um, it's kind of just a sort of a bog standard porn film. Yeah. Uh, it's legacy baffles me. <laughs> I'm glad it's in the public domain though. So maybe we can, uh, do a live raincoat report show where we just rip on Debbie does Dallas for an hour (laughs) change, (laughs) you know, something like that. Right. But, uh, this movie, uh, I'd give it probably about a three. It's entertaining enough, but I think once we were coming up on like almost 90 episodes of this. So I think if this had been something maybe we'd covered in like the first like 20 or so, I'd be a little more generous. Yeah. But at this point I've seen so much filth that I've been desensitized in a way, <laughs> not even to the filth itself, but to the, uh, to understanding what the, uh, limits and possibilities of the genre are and this one doesn't really push anything or do anything that really um titillates or excites my uh mind brain yeah it's 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 no thunder crack it's no thunder crack it is no like other stuff that came out around the same time like uh pretty peaches and some other good late 70s stuff you know right uh there's better stuff from the late 70s i think you could pick from but not totally terrible. Some funny stuff. I do like seeing um, Robert Kerman in a role. I wish he'd got to do a little bit more. Yeah. But uh, I guess it's really about it. Not a great film. Um, I guess check it out just because it's important to the overall overall understanding of the history of the genre. Yeah. But... I don't know. I feel like it's a classic that I really wouldn't go out of my way to see. Fair enough. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you want to tell me what you think? Uh, yeah, basically what you think. I, (laughs) I watched it and I was like, huh, this is okay. Like if we go back to something like deep throat, which is, you know, obviously one of the most well-known porn films of all time. It is a film that is lacking in several areas. It's kind of rough around the edges. The narrative isn't that strong, but there is definitely some charm to the film. Yeah. Some great music. Yeah. Whereas the music in this is okay. Yeah. 
but not like much better than okay. Right. It's never bad. No, and I think uh, whatever sense of humor that Damiano had is kind of missing in this one. So yeah. that bit of charm that you could draw from the situation is kind of not there. Yeah, I, I that's a good point, and I hadn't really thought about it too much, but this is sort of a sex comedy. Yeah. But it's, it's not really that funny. Like, it's more just the situations are yeah, mildly the, amusing. Yeah, the but, situations are kind of comic, like the ladies or the guy's wife coming home, but even that's not exploited. Yeah. It's just a cue for the scene to end and for them to run away. Right. There's uh, Yeah, there's not, like, thinking about it, I don't know that there's a funny moment in the film, actually. Like, it's just amusing setups. Right, yeah. For sex scenes, which is okay. Yeah, that can be fine. But, uh, yeah, it doesn't really excel in any particular area. Um, you know, even with us having some star power on the male side, they're not really given much to work with anyway. Yeah, and Bambi Woods is attractive. I feel like they should have exploited her a little bit. I guess exploited is not a great word, but... Well, yeah, but yeah. I, I get what you yeah, mean. They, they should have utilized her yeah, yeah, in a more effective way. Yeah, utilized is a way. better word. Yeah. <laughs> um, just a little bit more instead of... It's got that trashy lady problem where... Like it's, not, it's like a reverse trashy lady where the only sex scene she has, sex scene she has is the one at the end. Right, yeah. It's kind of... It's in a lot of ways kind of like a reverse trashy lady because like trashy lady does have a lot of charm to it it's got some good characters and stuff it just kind of falls apart at the end because like the one thing that they've set up the whole movie doesn't actually happen yeah whereas this one does get the payoff of the one thing that they were kind of setting up but like it doesn't even really like resolve the the plot like in a lot of porn films, the plot is just a framework being used to get you from sex scene to sex scene. Right. And that's okay. I, I prefer one that, like, is a lot smarter about it. But even when that's the case, there's usually enough care to build a workable plot around it. And, like, there is setup to explain what's happening in the movie. But there's no, like, actual conflict and resolution to the film. No. Like, the, the whole thing is they need to make money, and in order to make money, they decide that they're going to do a bunch of sexual stuff. Yes. And so they do that, and theoretically, Debbie gets what she wants in the end, but we don't even really have confirmation that that yeah. happens. It begins and ends at an indefinite point. <laughs> <laughs> so it's... It's just kind of a mess in that sense. Like, mm -hmm. if you want to sit down and watch a porno that's mostly lighthearted and, uh, you know, has some decent enough sex scenes. Because I, I wouldn't even really say that the sex in this film's that great. Like, it's mm. fine. It's not bad. Yeah, there's some good oral sex, but a lot yeah. of, like, the penetrative sex isn't... It's not shot very creatively either, which yeah. is another point uh, against it. Yeah, exactly. Like... Like, I mentioned that during that shower sex scene, there's a shot of some missionary sex from behind, and it just stays on that shot for, like, three minutes. <laughs> yeah. And, like, there's there's no, like, drive to show the uh, facial reactions from that scene, which 
I think in making a film sensual, the facial reactions are like one of the most important parts of that. Yeah. You can go the complete opposite route and just slice people's heads off completely, though. Yeah. Just have them as showerless or uh, headless bodies fucking in the shower. Right. So, uh, yeah, this film has a lot of problems with it. It's not great, but it's not terrible. If you were going through all of the notable porn films in history, you might as well watch it. It's not yeah. like you're going to hate I don't think you'll hate it after watching it, because no. I don't think we hated it. No, I don't like, hate it. I just feel kind of neutrally towards it, trending right. toward the negative. But um, if someone who hadn't seen it was like, oh, I'll, let's watch it, I'd be like, okay. And then you know. you'd jack off with each other. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, if, yeah, if we got to. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, I would also give it three stars. Like, okay. it's fun enough i didn't feel like i wasted my time watching it but afterwards i was not like given the feeling that i would definitely want to watch it again yeah i didn't get like necessarily i wouldn't say it was like a film that was boring or i had trouble paying attention to but when it was over i was just kind of like oh okay yeah i I was just kind of left yeah i was kind of left feeling empty and with the film I either like or maybe don't like or I'm conflicted about. Usually I'll walk away with questions about some of these things and thinking about it some. But this, I'm just like, I guess that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I guess she's going to Dallas. Uh, Good luck. I guess we'll find out maybe in part two. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Yeah, we'll have to. uh, But I don't know. Maybe it's like a Star Wars thing and this is just like, like the first step on a larger voyage. Perhaps we'll you know, see. There by are... the time we get to the final chapter, she'll be uh, fucking Ewoks. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's hope. <laughs> All right, so uh, yeah, that was our film for the week. So uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Raincoat Report, and join our Patreon. We've got a small but dedicated group of people following us now, and they're getting the delights of our Patreon benefits. That includes early access to our episodes i'll put them up whenever they're done perhaps it won't be super early but so far it's gone up on monday each week so that's a bit early that's good that's two days early yeah um we're also hosting ad-free episodes so you don't have to hear our anchor ad every week um and uh we have patreon exclusive episodes so far we've had uh Our first episode was a 42nd Street Dive, where we talk about the movies that we've been watching lately. Uh Uh, Not necessarily pornographic, right? but, uh, you know, fun, exploitative stuff for the most part. And a little Robin Williams in there. Yeah, we Uh, just did a... uh... (laughs) We did our second episode, which is a little more on the explicit side. Yeah. Somewhat. (laughs) Yeah, that one... uh... It was a lot of fun recording. I, uh, yeah, that was our Pornhub roulette episode. Yeah, that one will be fun. I think that'll become a semi-regular feature. Yeah, but, I think uh, so. It's it's fun, you know. Uh, you got a couple extra dollars a month, throw them our way. You can listen to us uh, talk about a woman getting turned into soup. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what a delightful uh, film that was. Yeah, what a romp. What an art film. Yeah, that definitely had a lot more stakes to it than Debbie Does Dallas. And it was only like... 10 or 15 minutes or something yeah Um, yeah it was delightful but uh also 
uh, raincoatreport at gmail.com if you want to contact us or anything. And, of course, if you're on Patreon, you can always send us a message through Patreon. Yeah, you can just, I think you just put a comment on the episode. That too. And we'll see it, and uh, maybe Boss will respond. Perhaps. I don't get on the Patreon very much. Yeah, we'll, we'll work on it. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, there's only there's only a couple episodes. Once there's more, I'll I'll be on there. Yeah. Once um, it's in the air. <laughs> what? All right. Well, in the meantime, if you need to make a little extra money and end up at the candle store getting railed by the two old people who work there, um, don't forget your raincoat. Otherwise, you're going to get sticky. I was about to ask why I would need a raincoat in that situation, but I'm glad you had an answer prepared. Yeah, Um, I wanted to be clear. Goodbye, and uh, we love you all. Yes.